It's the draft day part two edition of the Dolphins in Depth podcast. Not only is this an extra podcast this week, it's an extra podcast for the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, and the seventh round all on its own. I am caddy of the show Armando Salguero, star of the show Adam Beasley. Wow, dude, what a night. What a (laughs) night last night. Well, first of all, we got a lot of ground to cover if we're going to cover all final six rounds because they've got 12 picks. They have more picks in the last two days than they've had in any draft, I think, in recent memory. I don't know, maybe 20, 25, 30 years they've had this many picks, and that's, that's just in the last two days. And they've already gotten the golden ring. They've got, they've got you know, Armando, I'm sorry I'm not totally prepared for this podcast because I spent this morning planning the victory parade. It's uh, it's going to start at Hard Rock. It's uh, it's it's going to go all the way east. Going to hit the ocean, go down A one day A, and end up down at Live. That's that's where the parade route's going to be. Uh, where are you going to be stationed uh, for the Super Bowl parade route? <laughs> well, Adam, it's like this. Uh, typically, I don't plan my schedules and my uh, GPS coordinates. Seven, eight years in advance. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so uh, I, I think I'll I'll get back to you on that, shall we? I'll just well, get if, back to you on that. If you listen to, to the national media, it's not a matter of if, but when. I mean, you've already got some people out there putting two in the Hall of Fame. No, yeah, tell the people about that because – I just want to slap somebody when I when I hear this. <laughs> There's a lot of optimism out there, including on the uh, ESPN show Get Up, which I uh, which I saw this morning when I uh, when I got I got up after my three hours of sleep from last night. Uh, and Dan Orlovsky, former Lions uh, quarterback, had this uh, gem that uh, I tweeted out and has gone bananas with replies and retweets and likes. Here's the quote I got, Armando. Quote. The Dolphins could have potentially gotten the best quarterback ever with the fifth overall pick. The Dolphins have championship hopes. Yeah, so he said that on the program Get Up, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, on the Armando program Ghetto, uh, <laughs> let me reply, okay? And, and here's my reply. Can we let the guy step on an NFL football field first? Because honestly... That is the the hyperbole is so thick that you have no credibility now. Would you would it be, would it be would it would it be fair to say that the hype for two is far larger than the hype for the number one pick in the draft? Dude, the hype for Tua is locally is greater than any hype that ever happened when the Dolphins got Dan Marino. Wow. Okay. Say that I mean, again. Say, say I, that again. Say I was a I was alive in 1983. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was in journalism in 1983, although as a cub reporter, but nonetheless. Um, and I remember, oh, wow, the Dolphins got this guy, you know, 27th overall. Good. That's good. It wasn't about they just scored a Hall of Famer and they just beat out everybody and oh my God, this is amazing! And there are no questions about him, and everything's great, and everything's going to be good. And let's throw a parade because we're going to win championships. There was none of that, and yet here I see 
this with Tua, and I just, I'm sorry, I maybe I'm 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 getting old, Beasley. <laughs> and, get off, my, get off my lawn. <laughs> no, it's not get off my lawn. It's I've I've seen all you know. I've seen stuff, and so therefore, um, let's just slow our roll and let the guy go through the process. And if he's all that, it's gonna be all that. But if he's not, you haven't you know taken your nutsack and tied it up into a big clump of Tua expectations and throw it in it the garbage. That, I mean, let's that's a uh, th- thanks, for, thanks for that visual. Uh, I, uh, it's seared into my brain now. <laughs> I mean, am I wrong? I should Seriously, is your next article at MiamiHerald.com and in the Miami Herald going to include the headline, We're about to win a championship? Absolutely not. I mean, uh, one more tongue-in-cheek joke. Of course, uh, you didn't have this type for Dan Marino because if you asked Trent Dilfer, who was a better thrower, better passer than Dan Marino ever was in college. So, yeah, you wouldn't have this type because two is a better quarterback. But again, I, 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 that's a joke. I am, I am, I am playing into the hyperbole. And I will say this: Tua is a phenomenal talent. He has the the potential. That's the word potential of being a really, really good player for this team. There's a reason we've been talking about him for a year and a half. He's got the goods. We all know his limitations. We all know his injury history. We all know things that could go wrong for them. But I will say this. Um, I asked Tua a question last night that was pretty revealing. I asked him not what do you want to do in 2020. I asked him what do you want to have what do you want? What are your goals for the year NFL career? And he was smart. He said limited things like, well, first I got to get in a playbook. I got to meet my, my teammates. I got to I got to be a rookie first, essentially, before I think about any of that stuff. And that's good. And that tells me one thing. It, it was about an hour between the pick and the time we got to on that video conference last night. And I think there was a nice long conversation. This is just me guessing between the organization in general and Brian Flores in particular, saying, look. You're a dolphin now. These are our expectations. These, this is how we carry ourselves. Go do it. And, and understand that, uh, yes, we, we obviously think highly of you. We took you with the fifth pick in the draft. But we're not crowning you. And we're not, we're not going to crown you. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to earn everything you get. And I think we kind of heard that in his answers. Well, uh, if they didn't have that conversation, which they probably did, I would say to you he didn't need it anyway. Because he played at Alabama, and Nick Saban is the devil. And I would say to you that Nick <laughs> Saban knows uh, how to treat his players as far as how you process or go through the process. And he makes the process difficult, and he makes sure that they know nothing is given to you, okay? Uh, the guy that's not going to be the Alabama coach he understands how to be the Alabama coach, and that is you make it hard or a little hard for these guys so they don't feel like everything is handed to them on a silver platter, including becoming the greatest player of all time even though you've never thrown a pass and winning championships even though you haven't been fitted for your uniform, which, you know, I mean, come on. And and, and, and he's coming to a – an organization 
that's built in a lot of ways like a, a college program. The you know TNT wall and the way Greer, I'm sorry, not Greer Flores likes playing mind games with his players. There's a lot of college to that aspect, and you know he burned out a lot of veterans pretty quick last year who didn't want to be part of that part of that system. Tua was not going to know any different. That's all he's known from since since the day he stepped on campus in Alabama. We forget that yes, he had that amazing moment uh, at the end of the national championship game or the second half of the national championship game, but that was really his only meaningful snaps the entire season. He was, the only other time he played other than that before then was mop up duty because Jalen Hurts, who by the way is going to be drafted by someone today, was the uh, incumbent quarterback. And he was the established starter, and and Tua had to earn playing time. He had to earn his way onto the field, and so I don't think he's going to have much of an adjustment to to the Flores era because I think Flores runs his program a lot like Nick Saban runs his. Yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick is the new Jalen Hurts. He's going to be replaced by this young, fresh guy, uh, and everyone knows it. And Jalen Hurts knew it, and Ryan Fitzpatrick knows it, and that's going to happen. But it's going to be a while. It's going to take a minute. And I suggest everybody who is listening to this podcast, and we do appreciate your listenership, slow your roll. Uh, September will get here, and my guess is that unless something just totally unexpected and dramatic happens, Tua is not going to be the quarterback of the Dolphins in September. That's not what this is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about down the road, in the future, get it right when he actually gets out there instead of throwing guy to wolves, having wolves devour guy. That's not what you want for your rookie quarterback. Yeah, it, it wasn't surprising, but there was great insight in your column that you had this morning which we'll discuss on the other side of the break, about how it wasn't just Tua, but the entire first round kind of felt like this is a draft for the 2021 season. Okay, so I teased your column, Armando. Why don't you give us the Reader's Digest version, but leave out just enough so they still go give you the click. 